minutes away from your team's first right title. Right it's only one quarter till your name hangs with idols. Preparation, everything, fundamentals, vital. Each game is survival. Never be trusted. I ride a diesel through your town like the Miami Heat. South Beach, they be showing us love. Takes it up. Yeah, Hello, everybody. Welcome to the NBA 2K League show on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. Brought to you by Rode Microphones. Studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. We are your source for NBA 2K League coverage each and every week. Here, covering the best of the best, not the rest of the rest. All right, so you're sitting at home during this quarantine. Obviously, it's important to stay at home. And what better way to stay at home than to play some NBA 2K? And to uh, obviously, uh, there's many different portions or parts of 2K that you can really enjoy. Um, obviously, there's uh, not a lot of sports out there. This is one way to still enjoy that, which I think is pretty important during this time. We've talked about how the NBA itself is suspended or postponed, but so is the NBA 2K League. Um, and so that's uh, something that uh, we can still take part in. And obviously, for anyone that doesn't isn't aware of this, uh, if you go on to Twitter, uh, first of all, we've had uh, matchups between players. So I know Josh Akogi uh, recently played a matchup against um, one of the Suns. And so there's lots of different ways to still be able to enjoy basketball. Again, starts with NBA 2K. Uh, first, I want to touch base on my team. My team is something uh, we've talked a, a lot about on this show. And, I mean, I'm huge into my team. I think it's a ton of fun. Now, I'm one of those people that doesn't spend a lot of money. I, I do buy the the anniversary edition when the game first comes out, which is, you know, around $100. And you do get some excess stuff there, which is pretty cool. And I think it ends up being worth it uh, because you do get, uh, like, packs every now and then. You get some of the specialized packs as well as a, as opposed to just you know league packs, base packs, things like that. So it's definitely worth it in my eye uh, to put that up. But aside from that, I don't put any more money into the game. I'm not I'm not buying VC to then buy packs. I'm doing everything for free. I'm taking advantage of locker codes. Um, I do take advantage as well of let's see different modes. So uh, you know a few good examples of that would be domination, the challenges, a triple threat online as well as single player. I will add, I have had some issues on my end just as far as um, lag and online, but who cares? That's what single player is for. And shout out to 2K, by the way. For anyone that's not aware of this, they just added a ton of spotlight challenges that are now available, and they are actually uh, based around every single team. Uh, so whether it's uh, whether you're a fan of, let's say, the Timberwolves, you can try to get a Diamond Malik Beasley by completing that. If you're a fan of the Warriors, uh, you can get a Diamond, I believe it's DeMarcus, or sorry, Diamond Marquise Chris, I think is what that is. Um, let me double check here. Yeah, so I mean, you have options. That's what's cool about this. Uh, Rui, you can get a Diamond Rui Hashimura if you want to play as the Wizards. So there's lots of things that they've thrown in there, which is really cool. 
Uh, the one thing I'd like them to add um, is moments challenges. Moments challenges are one of my favorite things. I think it's kind of cool to try to hit, let's say, 50 points. Or last year, they did uh, the Kobe Bryant, you know, trying to get the 81 points. Those are things I really enjoy. The four moments challenges, by the way, if you haven't done them yet, are pretty good. Their first is the number one is uh, Trey Young's moment drops 50 points. Uh, so the goal there is obviously to get 50 points with one player and win the game, of course. You have to win the game to get any of these challenges to work. Uh, then you have uh, Embiid, his career high. You have Moments Challenge Beal, 50. So, again, you're trying to get 50. And then you have uh, Karis Levert's 51 points challenge. Important thing is log on every single day. Make sure you take advantage of the daily bonuses. And then if you do log on every single day for a week, the other important thing there is you get the chance at the prize wheel, which I've been very fortunate there. I've probably grabbed or, or won uh, two or three diamond contracts from there. I got Diamond Giannis, 94 Diamond Giannis from there. I believe I got Ben Simmons. And I've gotten a lot of good players from there. Um, most recently today, the diamond, or sorry, the giveaway was a Spotlight Isaiah Thomas pack. From that, I pulled a diamond. Let's see, I ended up pulling a diamond Dominique Wilkins, which I then sold for just under 10000 in the auction house. So currently, I'm at about just over 20,000 uh, MT. Let's take a look as we go into the auction house. I'm curious, what's available for 20,000 MT right now? So uh, it's obviously a pretty good amount of MT. I mean, it's not jumping off the page. You're not buying a Galaxy Opal with that. But at the same time, are there cards or like pretty good cards available uh, that are out there for that price? Uh, that's kind of what we want to look at. So one guy I'm very curious about and a player that generally goes for a lot more than this, but maybe he's come down a little bit just because his packs are a little more readily available is if you look at there's a Minute Bowl, a special Minute Bowl. It is a Sapphire, I believe. Let's take a look and see if Minute Bowl is available. You know, you can search by name, which is really cool, and you can actually search by card color or type as well. So this would be a Minute Bowl is who you want to search for, obviously, and then you do set it up as Sapphire. And it looks like, nope, unfortunately, he is a little too expensive. So that is one of those specialized cards I have not gotten yet. Uh, let's take a look at my actual current roster, and that kind of gives you an idea of what I'm working with. So what I ended up doing, actually, and uh, you know, you can do this if you want to, or you don't have to, but for me, just given the way I play the game, my goal is to get just the best lineup possible and fill it with players that I'm going to use every single game. So for the longest time, I took advantage of good value buys. Uh, a couple instances of good value buys would be players such as Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gobert as the Amethyst. Very, very good rim protectors. Very, very solid players. And the biggest way to figure out who's going to be a good value player is using 2KMTCentral.com. If you use that website, you can search for anything you want, whether it be certain types of cards, certain positions. You can search for actual statistics. So you can look at ratings based on dunks, based on driving, draw file, three-pointer, anything you want to look for, you can search it on there. And that's what I ended up doing. In my instance, when I had a different team, one of my big things when I'm playing my team, I want to get three-point shooters, I want to get guys that can drive and get fouls, and I want to get really good defensive players. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. And to get here, what I did was I sold every single card, basically, that I could. So balls, I sold excess, like the the injury cards. I sold any of the like the lower-level cards that I'm never going to use that are still sellable. So basically, what I have right now in my collection is, is mostly just reward cards and then whatever I have in my starting lineup. And the reason I did that is because I didn't feel, at the point when I was really starting to get my collection a little bigger, 
I wasn't far enough along where the collection rewards were worth it because I was at a point where the collection rewards were just going to be another Amethyst player or two, and that's not going to get the job done for me. I'm way past that. And so that's something to keep in mind as you're going through. Maybe you have a lot of cards you're not using anymore, and I quick-sold them all. That's the other thing, too. I didn't just go into the auction. I quick-sold them and used them to buy the team I have now. So I'm going to go over that quickly. Uh, First off, my starting point card is 98 Pink Diamond. uh, Point guard, shooting guard, Steve Nash. I am absolutely a huge fan of this card definitely one of the i would argue this is the best value card in the game because you know he's an a plus for so many different things but he's also very affordable in the auction house uh, next up uh buzzer beater pd 98 john havlicek listed as a small forward shooting guard i'll tell you right now that was a very expensive card but worth it oh definitely worth it then you have uh, evolution card tom chambers 98 pink diamond a very, very good card. He's from the uh, Leap Year series. Again, 98 pink diamond, power forward, small forward. Very, very good card. And in my case, he's got a unlimited shoe and unlimited contract. I actually bought him that way. Makes him just that much better. I mean, his worst statistic is a B-plus playmaking, which you'll still take. Then you have a rewards, diamond, 95, power forward, sh- power forward center, Zach Randolph. Very, very good player. Very, very good card. Surprisingly good card. And I'll tell you this. When I'm going for diamond players, I always try to stick with the 98 or sorry, 95s. And then if, when you're looking at pink diamond, you can be a little more flexible depending on what you're going for. But you always, when you're buying cards, generally want to go for the top-level players. So at Amethyst, you're talking 92. At diamond, 95. And at pink diamond, 98. Just because a lot of times you're paying a very similar amount for a 96 pink diamond, let's say, as you would be for a 98 pink diamond. And the difference between the players is sometimes pretty, pretty significant. Uh, so my center, by the way, speaking of 96 pink diamonds, is Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, center power forward. And the reason I like Wilt, very good defensively and a very good rebounder. So in this case, this was the one of the best and most affordable options for me to still get what I'm looking for, but yet still upgrade uh, from the players I was currently using uh, before, which would have been uh, you know, guys such as Rudy Gobert, Hassan Whiteside, that sort of thing. Uh, going to the bench, I start off with uh, point guard, shooting guard, Chris Paul, 98 pink diamond. That's a moments card. Then we have uh, prime series, Bruce Bowen, and that is a small forward shooting guard, 95 diamond. And again, another guy that I have the unlimited contract and unlimited shoe on. Makes a pretty big difference, if you ask me. I then have uh, Evolution Bob Pettit, and he is uh, currently a 96, but he will get up to a 97. What's really nice about him, now he's pretty expensive, but the jump from uh, 96 to 97 is pretty easy. It's just 15 dunks. So all you got to do is just go into single player, triple threat if you want to. I have not done it. I just got the card recently, but that's all it takes. It's pretty easy to get 15 dunks with a player. Uh, Then you have Nate Thurmond is the next guy on the list. He is uh, from the Legacy Showcase series. Uh, He's a 97 uh, center power forward, and again, very similar to Wilt Chamberlain. The importance for me and the scheme that I use is post-defense and rebounding. And then, of course, he's a decent inside scorer and another player that I'm giving a diamond contract and a diamond shoe to. He has both. Uh, A player I got in a locker code next is my third point guard, and that is 96 pink diamond John Stockton. What's great about John Stockton, by the way, is his playmaking, his three-point shooting, and his perimeter defense are off the charts. Uh, very, very good player, and one of the best, I would say one of, another one of those really, really good value cards. Now, if you had to choose between Stockton and Nash, I think you go Nash, but again, a lot of it depends on how much money you have, or MT, I should say. 
And then uh, next up, I have the rewards, Ben Simmons. Power forward, small forward, 95 at Diamond. Now, unfortunately, uh, that card is not the point guard version, but still a very, very good card nonetheless. I mean, honestly, one of my favorite cards. One of the only reasons I still have it, by the way, is because it's a rewards card. Keep in mind, you cannot sell rewards cards. And as a result, that card is as good as it is. It would take a lot for me to be able to upgrade that. Next up, we have Tony Allen. Tony Allen, also another Evolution card. He was part of the New Year's uh, Resolution series. And uh, he is a shooting guard small forward. And actually, I'll mention this, very similar to Bruce Bowen. The reason those guys are in my lineups is because they are absolutely dominant defenders. Like, really, really good defenders. In Bruce Bowen's case, he's an A-plus perimeter defender and an A-minus for post-defense. Now, obviously, Tony Allen is not known for his post-defense. Just a C-minus. But I did give him... The diamond shoe and the diamond contract, and what you know what that gives you if you're if you have this Tony Allen, uh, his rating for defense is then a 99. And if you take a look at what it adds, so the diamond shoe in this case that he has actually gets him up to a 99 steal. I mean, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, this ended up working out very very well. He also has a 99 for lateral quickness, 98 for pass perception, and a 90 for offensive consistency. Very, very solid player. And then I round out the list with another rewards player, and this is rewards former Timberwolf Doug West, 95 diamond. That is a shooting guard, small forward. Very, very, very solid player. Um, Another guy that I added a diamond shoe to, not a diamond contract, because I do hope to replace him at some point. But what makes his card really good is that he's very good at driving, drawing fouls, and dunks. Uh, And he's a decent three-point shooter to B-plus. It's not bad, but a very solid player. So that is my lineup, and that gives you a little bit of context just as far as what we're working with when we look at the auction house. Now let's take a look again. So right now I'm going to go to maximum bid, and we'll take a look at guys that are available for around that 20,000 MT mark. Now, the one thing that you run into with this, or at least recently, because more people are playing, a lot of times there's not as good of, I will say there's not as many value cards available. That's been one of my biggest issues. So if I go to 20,000, and then if I go to color, and I just say, what can I get for 20,000 that's going to be a pink diamond? Because obviously that's kind of where we want to start. Because at this point, I feel like I've got a pretty good lock on the players that I actually like that were available for diamonds. Uh, so we jump ahead. It's it's guys that – so the pink diamonds that would be available, not only would it be guys like Steve Nash and John Stockton that I already have, but other players that I don't really see as upgrades, whether it be Joe Dumars, uh, pink diamond James Harden, which I don't think is a great card. You have pink diamond Rajon Rondo. So it's a lot of uh, guards. And unfortunately, again, we're talking 96, 97. These are players that don't necessarily jump off the page for me. And in terms of the amount of time that's left on a lot of these auctions, you're looking at about – uh, a lot of these are around like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, the other guys that jump off the page are Peja Stojakovic and Mark Price. Also pretty good value cards if you're wanting to get three-point shooters. Now, I actually had Peja Stojakovic, and I got really fortunate. I bought him initially for around 15000 He had a diamond contract, and I was able to sell him for 30000 uh, by the time I decided to move on from him. His value had gone up quite a bit. So I was very, very fortunate there. I'm a huge Peja Stojakovic fan. But at the same time, I, I, I just he's not a guy that I necessarily am all in on, and at least in this game, just because the card itself is a 96, very good shooter, but uh, a lot to be desired in some of the other categories. Uh, some new cards that are available, actually, and a card that I really, really like is one of the new campus cards, and that is Jimmer Fredette. There is a 98 pink diamond available of his. I, I'm very intrigued by that card, I got to say. Let's take a look at how he compares 
to Steve Nash. Now, very similar in height, 6'2 versus 6'3. The 90, let's see, so 99 overall, 92 defense. So they're probably going to be very similar players. The big difference you run to, Jimmer Fredette starts off as a 99 three-point shot. That's not a joke. 99 three-point shot. The big difference for Steve Nash, Steve Nash is a much better passer, like significantly better passer, and he's also a significantly better shooter, or sorry, better on defense. And so you're looking at that. He's also better with the basketball in terms of speed with ball, regular speed, and then acceleration. So while the Jimmer Fredette card is good, it's just not as good as that Steve Nash card. So while I'm a huge Jimmer fan, and I keep hoping that he makes it uh, you know, back to the NBA at some point, I don't think it's a card you necessarily want to go all in on. There's better value cards, I would say. Uh, Christian Leitner is another one of those campus cards that pops up on the list for players that are currently under 20000 Now, again, this is bidding, so the odds of me being able to get it that cheap probably aren't great. Uh, but Christian Leitner, center power forward, another member of the campus crew, Let's take a look here at what his statistics are in comparison to Nate Thurmond, uh, one of my current centers. So uh, Christian Leitner is a 99 offense, and Nate's a 93. But Nate Thurmond is a 99 defense, whereas Leitner is a 91. So that's one of your biggest differences. Now, if you want a guy that's going to be able to shoot three-point shots, maybe similar to like a Chris Dobbs or a Carl Towns, Christian Leitner is going to give you that. But what I'm going for when I'm playing this game with my centers, I want guys that can rebound and play defense. And sorry, Christian, that's just not what we get from you. He's not even close to as good of a rebounder as Nate Thurman is in this game. And on defense, it's not even comparable. The one thing I will say, you get a better passer in Christian Leitner and obviously a better shooter. So there are things you are getting from Christian Leitner that are going to be better offensively. It's not close. But defensively is where I'm going, and that's what I end up sticking with, which is why I don't think Christian Leitner is a, right, a, a pretty very good fit for what I'm looking at. As we go down the list of other players available, there's not much that really jumps off the page. So what we'll do is we'll jump back into the search Get rid of the maximum bid, and instead, let's take a look and see, for 20000 are there any buyout players? So players that are actually available for around 20000 that I could actually buy out. So just buy, like a buy-it-now price for anyone that's familiar with eBay or online auctions. So here we go, 20000 and let's see. It looks like Joe Dumars, you could buy a million Joe Dumars at this point. He is very readily available. Uh, Rolando Blackman is another card that is available at that uh, 20000 or lower price range. Uh, David Thompson. Uh, David Thompson is actually an interesting player, a, a wing, a pretty good wing prospect. If you compare him to Doug West, which is who I'd compare him to because that would be the guy he'd be replacing in my lineup, the differences aren't big enough where it makes a lot of sense for me to make that switch. Uh, they're very comparable players. Uh, in terms of many different statistics. But Doug West is actually a much better defender, and he's a much better uh, ball handler. So that to me, those are things that I find to be very important. If we look at some of the other guys, it's really just Joe Dumars and Rolando Blackman and David Thompson. There's not much else available in the auction house for that price. Now, the one thing to keep in mind when you're doing searches, you want to make sure to scroll to the right as far as you can. The reason is what you're doing is you're looking at the guys that have been waiting long or less time. And so you're going to get the ones that maybe someone put it on accidentally. Maybe someone posted it and it was uh, kind of a thing where they wanted to get it sold as fast as possible. Very similar to what I do when I get like diamonds and players like that. I try to set my value at something I know is going to sell right away. So earlier I sold my Dominique Wilkins. I made sure to set him under 10,000 MT because I knew he would sell because he'd be the cheapest on the market, but I would still get a really good value for him. As we're going over to the side, no other names are coming up. We're still stuck with those same three players uh, via the pink diamond. 
James Harden actually would be available. I'm not a big James Harden fan in real life, but I'm also just the 96 pink diamond version of him, just not a very good card. Uh, Kawhi Leonard pops up, but again, it's a 96, and it's just not a you know it's not a card that I I find myself really wanting to add in my lineup. If I'm going to replace any of the guys that are in my rotation, it has to be a pretty significant upgrade, or it's not worth it. Which is why now that I'm at 21,000, I feel like I'm in a good spot where I can start to save up and go for next level players. And so that's a good time to do that. So let's take a look. So I'm at 20,000 right now. Let's say we double that. Let's say we go up to 40,000. Is there a way at 40,000? Are there any Galaxy Opal players available? Still nothing available currently. The value is still pretty high. Now last year, uh, when you when I really started getting into the Galaxy Opal players was later in the season when I was able to afford some of them. And the, the value eventually will come down, but just keep that in mind. When the value comes down, everyone can get that card. If we jump into 70000 by the way, nothing. There are still no Galaxy Opals available, but that is only if we're going by maximum buyout. Let's change it up a little bit because there are a lot of cards that are not listed for buyouts. A lot of people just put it on as maximum bid. So let's take a look at max bid. Let's go to 80,000. Let's take a look. Are there any Galaxy Opal players that are actually available for that price range? Because I think at 80,000, that's a lot of MT. And even then, only two are available, and they're not even close to being over. Carmelo Anthony, and then unlimited contract Allen Iverson. So think about that. So unlimited contract Allen is 61389 right now, but he's got over three hours left. I'll tell you, that card's going to go for a lot more than that. Something in the hundreds at least. And then you talk about, how about this, Carmelo Anthony, only eight contracts, but he's already at 70000 with three and a half hours to go. I'll tell you right now, that card's got a long ways to go. You're not getting a card for that cheap. You're probably looking at any card you would look to buy on the auction house currently that's a Galaxy Opal. You're probably going to be spending a minimum of $100,000, or 100000 MT, I should say. So that's where you're at right now. So... It takes time. You really got to build it up, and there's lots of ways to, to do that. There's also ways to win cards. Keep that in mind, and make sure you watch for my team's official Twitter account. I think that's going to be pretty important, too, in order to build up your my team account, whether it be locker codes, whether it be rewards. One thing that just got released recently, if you grab all of the uh, collection cards from the Campus Series, you can actually get your hands on Galaxy Opal Carl Towns. Now, I'll tell you right now, I would love that collection award would be absolutely fantastic, uh, but it's just not realistic. Uh, we talked, by the way, about the spotlight sims that are out now. Uh, some of the players you can end up getting would be Galaxy Opal James Harden. You can also get Pink Diamond Brandon Ingram, 95 overall um, Diamond JaVale McGee. You have Pascal Siakam, which would be a nice card, 98 Pink Diamond. And then, of course, uh, let's see, the last one would be Rui Hashimura, which we already talked about. So a number of really cool options and players available. Now what we're going to jump into is something a little different. We've done this in the past. Uh, we haven't really done it much with 2K20, though, on the show. And that is we're going to do the is what we call it the 80-year challenge. Now how the 80-year challenge works is you actually build a team, and now it's not dependent on specific players or anything like that. Uh, when you're doing this portion of 2K, I'll, I'll walk you through it. What you do is you jump into the game. You can set up any way you want to. If you want to customize the league, you can. If you want to do league expansion, you can do that as well. Uh, what we're going to end up doing, actually, is we're going to set this up. And we are going to do it 
uh, in a, an interesting way, we like to do it so that you have fantasy draft. So you actually are starting from scratch, but you're getting all the players that you would really want available on your roster. I think that's pretty important, and it's a good way to start out. You can go any direction. You can be really good to start it out. You can be really good long-term. Generally, the way we do this is we want to build for the future. Your goal in the 80-year challenge is to see how many championships you can win. Now, the way it works is 2K says that you can play this game up until 80 years, I believe, is, is the reason why we set this up. But, of course, generally, the simulation won't last that long. It ends up crashing because there's too much data. But that's not really the point. The point is go you know, 20, 30, 40 years into this, see how many championships you can get. And that's why we're going to start this off and see what kind of a team we can build uh, here on the show. Keep in mind, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. Again, we are starting up the 2K20, and this is the 80-year challenge. All right, so I'm the Vegas Venom, and then we'll take a look here at uh, some of the things we want to change. We set up, uh, obviously, fantasy draft, uh, lineup automation. We just let the coaching staff deal with all of the things such as injuries, roster changes, and uh, things like that before the game. We also automate prospect scouting, although that can be fun if you want to go that route as well. And we do also automate G League call-ups and send-downs because when you're playing this many games, you want the simulation to go just as fast as possible. Otherwise, it can get a little time-consuming. All right, so here we go. We are the Vegas Venom, and we actually have, wow, we are very fortunate. We have the fifth pick. So we're going to get a very good player uh, at pick number five. Let's see who's gone. So it went Luka, Giannis, uh, James Harden, and then LeBron James. So here we go. We get to choose our player. As far as age is concerned, now, now obviously Kawhi Leonard's very good, but you got to keep in mind you're playing this for a while. You know, you're not exactly a, a couple away. Who's going to make a lot of sense? I think the player that I probably want to build around, I think, is going to be Trey Young. Uh, ends up being the best option in terms of age as well as overall. Uh, Jokic could make some sense, or Towns would be the other guys I would consider. Uh, but I like the amount of money that Trey Young's making as well. He's on that rookie deal. I think that's worth it. So we're going to grab Trey Young as our first player. So here we go. Let's see what happens next. Now, it's going to take a little bit. Just in terms of it's a serpentine draft. So anyone that's not familiar with snake draft, it goes all the way to the end. And it's come all the way back to you before you actually get to make a pick. So it's uh, it's going to be a little bit of slim pickings in terms of who's still available. Jamal Murray would be probably the best Bell Young piece. But obviously we don't need another uh, point guard at this stage. Uh, going down the list, we have Mitchell Robinson could be a very interesting piece. Uh, one of the better players in terms of youth and overall. And it's a position that we obviously need. Andrew Wiggins, you could go out with a guy like him, but uh, his his overall is not great, and there's some other question marks, uh, I would say, with his fit. Mitchell Robinson, what I like about him is we've done situations or simulations before with him, and uh, he turns out to be a pretty pretty solid player. So he could be an interesting piece if we want to go that route as well. The best available player they have listed would be Kyle Lowry. Again, we don't need a point guard, but also 33 years of age at 85 overall is not getting the job done. Let's, let's be honest there. So uh, moving down the list... And I do think probably our best option is going to be Mitchell Robinson. I do think what he brings to the table in terms of uh, defense inside, rebounding, I think it's very important to have a guy like that. And that's who we're going to grab. We're going to grab Mitchell Robinson is our next pick. The good news, too, is we have another pick coming up almost right away, given how snake drafts work. All right, who else jumps off the page in terms of a really good player, but maybe a guy that has some good youth? We could grab Mitchell Robinson's current teammate and Julius Randle. Julius Randle's a, a very solid player. Another player we could look at would be a guy like Wendell Carter Jr., but again, he's listed as just a center. We could change that if we want to alter his position to like a power forward or something along those lines. We obviously could. Uh, Jarrett Allen and DeAndre Jordan. 
uh, are two other names that they show up uh, just in terms of uh, pretty good value players. But again, you don't need someone that's going to be uh, position stuck in a position that you already have filled. We have Dante DiVincenzo could make some sense. Lowry Markkinen uh, could be very interesting uh, with a little position flexibility. Very good shooter. And I think that's the route. We're going to go that route. We're going to go Lowry. So pretty good start now. We've got Trey Young. We've got Mitchell Robinson. And we've got Lowry Markkinen. I mean, I think that's a pretty good start for us so far. Long ways to go, though, to really build this team out. But you're talking about good young talent, pretty solid overalls. I think we've done a pretty good job so far. Let's see who else is available as we get to our fourth pick. Uh, one of the best, actually the best developed player currently would be Goran Dragic. Uh, not a guy you want to grab, obviously, at this stage because you already have that point guard position filled. Let's take a look going down the list. You have uh, Dylan Brooks, which is, uh, you know, he's a decent player. Uh, pretty good shooter, pretty good perimeter defender. Only 23 years old, 79 overall. He might make a lot of sense, actually. And he would fit what we're trying to build as far as youth and building more so for the future. Um, some other players that could be possible. Terrence Davis is another pretty good young prospect. Thomas Bryant. But again, we don't need someone that's going to be filling a position that we're already set at. So I think that's the best route to go is to grab a guy like Dylan Brooks. So that's what we're going to do. We'll grab Dylan Brooks here. Kevin would be happy. Kevin is a huge Oregon Ducks fan, so I, I think he would uh, definitely approve of that pick. And we get to pick up a guy pretty much right away after that, just given how the snake draft works. Uh, best available player, by the way, just for what we're building, might be Karis Levert. Um, he would fit in nicely, just 25 years of age, so still relatively young, and he's on a good contract. Uh, four years, um, $55 million, it's not too terrible. You can play him at the three or the two, and so you have a little bit of position flexibility, which is nice. Looking at some of the other players that are maybe good fits for age as well as fit and overall, not a lot of great players available, at least at least for my money, that I like in terms of what we're trying to build. Players that are in the same positions, unfortunately, seem to come up quite a bit. Looking at some of the guys, Monte Morris. So there are some players, again, that, that fit that age range we're looking for, and they fit the overall but again, the, the issue we keep running into is uh, the specifics of what position you're going to play guys at. Malik Beasley kind of jumps off the page. And as a Wolves fan myself, I do like Malik Beasley. And you know what? That's the route we're going to go. We're going to grab Malik Beasley. I think he could turn out to be a pretty good player in some of these situations. So Malik Beasley is the guy we take. Again, he can play a little position flexibility. I think uh, we can work with that. But we want to get more of a, a three slash four next, uh, more so a three. Uh, if we can, with our next pickup. Let's take a look at just the small forwards, get an idea of what we're working with. So the best available small forward would be Otto Porter. Not a guy I'm exactly uh, infatuated with. I think there's going to be better options. Of course, if you're going to go younger, you're also getting players that aren't going to be as talented. Kevin Porter Jr. would be interesting, but very similar to Malik Beasley, you don't have a lot of height there. So while I like him as a player and a prospect, I don't know that I love the fact that he's not very tall. Only listed at 6'4", and so I think that hurts a little bit. Josh Akogi, there's my guy right there. That's the guy we're grabbing. That's an easy pickup for me. One of my favorite players in the league. Uh, absolutely fantastic uh, player in terms of his value on the defensive end, as well as he, he's blossoming into a very solid player on the uh, offensive end as well. All right, so let's take a look and see what we've built so far. We have Trey Young. Let's go by position. So Trey Young, and then uh, for shooting guard, small forward, we have Dylan Brooks and Malik Beasley. 
We have Josh Okoge, who's slotted in as our starting small forward right now. Lowry Markin then, of course, Mitchell Robinson. So we do have uh, at least some options. Now we've filled out the starting lineup, or at least what we feel could be a pretty good starting lineup. Uh, now we can go more by uh, players that we feel are pretty good fits. The one thing to keep in mind when you're building a team is 2K is very adamant that you need help from veterans. That is no joke. You've got to get guys that can fill in. One player that looks like he just might have gone off the board, which is unfortunate, I would have loved to grab Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is one of my favorite players in the league. A lot to like about him, but it looks like he is off the board. Tyus Jones, though, is available. Very good playmaker. They don't have him listed as a great perimeter defender, although I think he's better than the game lists. They actually have him as a decent three-point shooter, which is not correct. Uh, He is not a very good three-point shooter. So uh, that part is kind of goofy, if you ask me. But he could be a pretty good backup guard. And at least it gives you a little bit of flexibility then. And he looks like he's probably the best player given who's actually left. So, boom, we're going to grab Tyus Jones there, make him our backup point guard. And now it's going to be a little bit of a waiting game as we wait for our next pickup. This would be our eighth pick so far of this fantasy draft. You do end up drafting 14 players overall. All right, best available player right now would be George Hill. That's not a position of need, obviously. Let's take a look at the center position or the power forward position and see if there's anyone that jumps off the page there uh, in terms of talent, youth, uh, etc. Noah Vonley is probably one of the best younger players, but I'm not a big fan of Noah Vonley, so I think that's not the direction we're going to end up going. You have a player like Luke Cornett, maybe you can make some sense. You do have Nick Claxton, uh, who can play the four and the five, Not a great defender. Honestly, not a lot of his skills jump off the page. So you're not exactly saying to yourself, Nick Claxton, he's filling some holes. One player I'm definitely looking at targeting is Bull Bull. He's actually listed as a two-way prospect right now. But in this game, I'll tell you right now, he gets really, really good. Part of that is, I think, 2K got a little overzealous with him when they made him. But at the same time, I'm not complaining. I'm I'm a fan of what he brings to the table. Ooh, and another player I like a lot, actually, would be Nas Reed who actually is still available. Man, this is a tough call because these aren't going to be like your best available players right now. You have probably one of the best available players would be Frank Nilakina, but definitely not a player of need. Uh, looking at, uh, we can sort by age and then just see who the best overall players listed are. And, oh man, there's not a lot of guys that really jump off the page. You want to go after a guy like Thon Maker, who hasn't really made his mark at this point. I don't think that's really the direction we're looking at going. Some of the other prospects that uh, are listed here, uh, Aaron Holiday could be a decent player. But ultimately, I'm not sold on anyone uh, of this list. And so even though it's probably a little early, I want to ensure that we get him. And so we're going to grab Bull Bull. So Bull Bull is the pick. And then uh, we get to pick pretty much right up right away. Let's take a look. Best available player right now, by the way, would be Thomas Sadoransky. Let's not sit here and pretend that's anything to brag about. Uh, we have two shooting guards, two point guards. We have two centers. So it's good to get someone that's going to be able to fill in at that forward position, whether it be the four or the three. Uh, either position is going to be pretty important. Let's take a look at the three, as we don't have a lot of guys that just play specifically that size. Uh, one guy that could be pretty good, a player I'm really big on, hasn't shown much yet, but I really like him, is Zanin Musa. So I, I, he could be a guy that makes some sense, and he's an A for potential. I think we're going to go Zan and Musa. We're going with guys that do have that heavy potential if we can. Youth, uh, lots to build around. Again, you're part of the 80-year challenge. You've got to build for the long haul. If you just get a bunch, of young, or a bunch of older guys that are really talented now, sure, maybe you win a championship, maybe two. Maybe you make a run. 
But at the same time, you're not built for the long haul, and that's the thing you have to keep in mind when you're doing the 80-year challenge. All right, so we are in uh, round number 10 right now. Uh, it is our pickup. Let's take a look and see who else is available. We already have pretty good depth at most of the positions. Let's take a look at the power forward position, see if we have someone that would be effective at backing up Lowry. Now, we're at the point in the draft now we're actually grabbing guys that maybe are a little bit older but that are a little more skilled. Uh, a veteran presence is probably not a bad thing. Uh, you can grab a guy like Boban Marjanovic would make some sense. Uh, as far as power forwards are concerned, though, um, looking at some of the better options, and a guy I actually really like quite a bit is James Johnson. Is still available, gives you some position flexibility. We are going to grab him. Uh, if it wasn't already apparent, I am definitely a Wolves fan, as we've already taken a few of their players or uh, former players as well. I think now if we want to go with a, a, a favorite of our show, we are going to do just that. We are grabbing Boban Marjanovic, I think uh, is a pretty good pickup here in round number 11. And it gives you some flexibility. Remember, the way we do this now is we do not turn off injuries. And so it is important to have guys that can fill in if need be. All right, we are in round number, let's take a look here. Round number 12 is where we're sitting. So 12, 13, 14, we have three picks left. Let's take a look at who else is available. And actually, at this point, again, going with a veteran-type player probably makes a lot of sense. And you can probably just grab guys that fits in terms of uh, position flexibility. You're not worried so much about depth anymore because you've already got that. Uh, centers are some of the top players available. We don't need that, obviously. Uh, some guys that make some sense, if you're going for position flexible, would be a player such as Langston Galloway. Maybe uh, you want to get a guy that can play the point guard and the shooting guard position. I think that's pretty valuable. Uh, looking at some of the other pieces, a guy like Kent Bazemore could make some sense. A good perimeter defender and good three-point shooter. In fact, the the biggest issue with Kent, though, is he makes $20 million, but it's only for one season. And so then you can move on from that money. So I'm going to grab him because at this point, I think the money is the only thing keeping him on the board. You're going to grab a guy that's able to fill in pretty pretty well on both sides of the basketball. All right, if we have someone that can play the one and the two now, I think that'd be pretty important. Uh, Raul Neto is listed as the top available point guard. And uh, Milos Teodosic, I think, is a guy we might look at just because good three-point shooter and a good playmaker. Not a great perimeter defender would be my only issue. And actually, Raul Neto gives you perimeter defense, playmaking, and that three-point shot. Very minimal amount of money. That's the guy we're going to grab. Raul Neto is our 13th pick. So we are down to just one pickup left. And obviously, we got to wait a little bit before we actually get to jump off the board. We'll be one of the last five picks in the entire draft here with this last spot. Um, let's take a look at who makes some sense. We're obviously uh, three point guards deep. We are set at the shooting guard position, small forward, uh, power forward, and center positions. I think uh, getting a guy that can maybe be just a decent defender, maybe play that two slash three, actually could make some sense. Let's take a look at the shooting guard position. Best player available currently would be Devin Harris. Uh, Devin Harris is listed as a shooting guard and a point guard. Uh, decent three-point shooter and a decent playmaker, but doesn't bring much in terms of perimeter defense. Are there anyone of, Is there anyone available that's a good defender? Looks like uh, Jonathan Simmons uh, would be actually the best defender, and he gives you some size. I'm a fan of his, at least I was. He hasn't really had to do much. Uh, you haven't really heard his name uh, since he broke out in the San Antonio Spurs organization. Obviously then went to the Magic, but I think uh, for a 14th pick, pretty good value there, and that's going to do it for the draft. Uh, that does it. 14 rounds. Very impressed with uh, what we were able to build. I like our roster. I think this could end up being a, a pretty solid squad. Again, time will tell what we're able to build out of this. 
Uh, then we do make sure to grab our draft class for the first season. Now, you only make it to about 2024 or 2025 when you're going through this list in terms of actually having uh, good draft classes. At that point, it's tough to really know who's going to be a part of it, and so no one's gone that in-depth. So, But you have a lot of options for those first four or five years, and at that point, you can make the decision how you want to do things. You can have it set for the default, which is the direction that we actually normally go is very default in terms of the draft classes that 2K makes, but you can alter that if you want to have more superstars or better players. You have a number of different options. Looking at our complete roster, we have Trey Young, Tyus Jones and Raul Neto as our point guards. Our shooting guards are Dylan Brooks, Malik Beasley, and Jonathan Simmons. Small forwards, Josh Akogi, Kent Bazemore, and Zanin Musa. You have Lowry Markkinen and James Johnson. And then you have centers, Mitchell Robinson, Boban Marjanovic, as well as Bull Bull rounding out that list. Pretty solid squad. Uh, I'm very curious what the league thinks we're going to be. Now, we are the first expansion team uh, so far. Let's take a look at the power rankings to get an idea of how we stack up my guess is we're probably pretty low if not last and we are actually listed as last now the power rankings are kind of goofy i know i'm never always i'm never confident they've actually done any work into the rankings until the games have been played although the pelicans are listed as the worst team according to eric banish so uh, sorry pelicans you are worse than we are and again keep in mind we did go very young so that does probably that probably does play into it just a little bit so here we go. We are going to start this season off, and um, let's see. We'll see how far we get in the first like two or three weeks, and then we'll probably jump ahead to the trade deadline. Uh, so starting off the season, um, some tough losses uh, mixed in with some uh, decent wins. So we're two and two. Um, so up and down uh, is the definition of how this start has kind of gone, and we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, two and two, and uh, we're going to simulate now through to the trade deadline. Come back at you then and see what kind of team we are able to build. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and we are currently doing the 80-year 2K20 challenge. About a week before the actual trade deadline, let's take a look, though, at the All-Star game. Let's see who actually made it. Did anyone make it from our team? I don't think so, although you never know. Maybe someone got fortunate. Uh, Trey Young, uh, you know, I had kind of forgotten we had him. Trey Young does make the All-Star game. Uh, he is the only one, but that makes some sense. Uh, he should be in the All-Star game, so good to see that that actually happened. Uh, let's take a look here at the record. We are 18-32. and 32. Let's not kid ourselves. We are not making the playoffs, and that's okay. I, I think the big thing we're building for, again, is the future. There is yet other, other GMs didn't do that. Other GMs in this 80-year challenge did not go that route, and so we did, and we were smart about it. Let's take a look at the team, see if there's any players that maybe make some sense to look to move on from. So obviously Trey Young is here to stay, Mitchell Robinson here to stay, Lowry Markkinen here to stay. Dylan Brooks uh, is the first guy that is maybe a little on edge just because uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep Dylan Brooks? Are you going to keep Malik Beasley? Those are the questions we have to ask ourselves. Ultimately, I do think we keep both of them. Plus, Dylan Brooks is under a nice contract uh, for a number of years, so we're pretty fortunate there. He's only making um, about eight or nine. So that's not terrible. You're pretty happy with that, and hopefully uh, he can continue to get better. Um, Malik Beasley is going to have to have a contract extension this summer, but that's okay because hopefully you're able to get him at a pretty fair price. You have Tyus Jones locked up for around uh, you know six or seven million a year for three more years. You'll take that. James Johnson uh, is going to actually have a player option for the next season. He'll probably take that. So he would be maybe a player that we would maybe look to move on from if we wanted to move on from someone. Just given. 
we're not winning this season. Uh, maybe not even winning next season. It's going to be kind of the long-term play. Let's take a look at what James Johnson can get us at the trade deadline. Uh, you can get Thaddeus Young. We'd have to include a second-round pick. Same with DeAnthony Melton. Uh, DeAnthony Melton, by the way, 77 overall at 21 years of age. That's pretty good. That makes you feel pretty good. Uh, I'm curious. He's a little shorter, but yeah, 6'2 is not ideal. So uh, I think his height is a little bit of an impediment. Let's see who else is available. Andre Godala, Gary Trent, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, could be interesting. Gary Trent gives you a little bit more height with 6'5", which isn't bad at that shooting guard position. But I think you're pretty confident in Malik Beasley at this stage. Although, keep in mind, Malik Beasley, two years older than Trent Jr., not much better, at least in terms of the overall. So that's that's kind of interesting there. Let's keep going and see who else jumps off the page. I mean, most of the options that we're getting for a trade for James Johnson are not great. You're not getting any draft picks jumped out there. The players that you're getting offered, are you, most of these guys are a little older, and that's not going to help out. Uh, an interesting trade, James Johnson for also Timberwolf Jordan McLaughlin, although in this simulation he is with the Washington Wizards. Melton makes some sense as a 21-year-old, uh, a player that I like. Gary Trent makes some sense, but in both cases, we do have to include a second-round pick. I just don't think it's worth it. Uh, looking down the list, a guy like Kent Bazemore, who you know you're not carrying longer than this season, uh, you're going to let him go. Who can he get you? And actually, he would get you DeAnthony Melton, which is very interesting because that's a guy that we really like, and it does not have to include a pick. Uh, so that would be the big difference there, and part of that's probably the fact that he makes a lot less money. Uh, going down the list, you could get Gary Trent, but you got to include a pick. But I think uh, DeAnthony Melton makes a lot of sense. So we're going to go that route. Uh, the Bucks are making that trade because maybe they've got a better team than we do, and they're looking to make a run, and they need some sort of a veteran presence. It makes a lot more sense than what we currently are building. We don't want a guy like that on our squad if we can help it, uh, some of these other guys. All right, so uh, Raul Neto, Jonathan Simmons, the end of the bench guys aren't making a lot of money. I think it's good to just keep them and maybe look to have at least a little bit of a veteran presence as the season continues. All right, so we will finish out this season. We're passing the trade deadline now. Taking a look, lastly, at the contract extensions. Uh, does anyone jump off the page? The only guy that would resign is James Johnson. I don't know that it makes a lot of sense to resign him, although he's not going to make a lot of money. So... You know what? We'll do that. We'll resign him for an extra two years. Doesn't make a lot of money. He's a very solid vet. And uh, Malik Beasley won't resign. He says he's discouraged. But that's just the way the game has built him up. Uh, we've seen that uh, in other simulations where him and Wancho, uh, Hernan Gomez, two players that are currently on the Timberwolves, uh, they're not real happy morale-wise. Uh, we're not going to worry too much about that. So we'll fast-forward to the end of the season and go from there. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel, your source for all things basketball. So the season ended, I'm shocked, by the way, 36-46. and 46. All things considered, I think that's a pretty good record. You have, uh, looking at the superlatives, by the way, MVP Luka Doncic. Zion Williamson is your no-shock rookie of the year. Sixth man of the year is Enos Cantor. Defensive player of the year is Giannis. And then uh, most improved player is Trey Young. How about that? Uh, 25 points, 5.7 assists. 3.3 rebounds per game, shooting 46% from three, shooting basically 90% from the free throw line, just short of that. So he's basically a 50-40-90 guy for the most part. Uh, very cool there. And then uh, coach of the year is Dwayne Casey. Uh, let's take a look at the all-NBA teams. Again, we are the Vegas Venom. That's the one thing to keep in mind as I'm going through here. And it looks like, uh, oh, unfortunately, we do not make the list. I was kind of hoping Trey Young would. 
Let's take a look at your all-defensive team, and no one there as well. How about for the rookies? I don't think we had any rookies that would have really played much, so there you go. And we actually, did we make the playoffs? And unfortunately, we did not. Let's take a look at how close we were. I didn't think we'd make it at 36 and 46, but if there's a lot of parity, sometimes you can sneak in. Uh, so league standings, uh, it looks like we are in the Western Conference. Uh, we are towards the bottom. So we missed, well, not towards the bottom. We missed it by about six games. So not terrible. So we'll have a pretty good pick here come the offseason. So not bad. I think uh, all things considered, a very successful first season. Uh, lots to look forward to there. Let's take a look at who actually ends up winning the championship. Now, if we look across the way at the East, uh, Atlanta, the eight seed, actually beat the one seed Detroit Pistons. And Atlanta's on a tear right now as they uh, have only lost one game. And they are, they just made it to the finals. And they almost ooh, they almost swept the finals. They afforded to. And the Hawks are your champions. James Harden led Hawks, by the way. Uh, ends up being the champions. I'm curious, who else is on this team that got them the champion? I mean, they just ran away with it, and it's not even a good team. I mean, aside from James Harden, I mean, they talk about a hot goaltender in hockey. I don't know who it was that was on fire here, but, I mean, not a great team. You're talking James Harden, Jamal Murray, uh, Marcus Morris Sr., uh, let's see, Harrison Barnes, Nick Vucevic, Rodney Hood, Bielitsa, Marvin Williams, I mean, it's not a great. It's not that great of a squad. Uh, credit to James Harden and definitely the Finals MVP, able to win with that squad. I think that's pretty impressive. Now we jump in to the offseason. Let's see what this team uh, can change into. What are we going to mold as our first? Uh, you know, I guess our first portion of the eighty-year challenge. You really are setting the pr setting the floor or setting the stage. Uh, one thing we are going to do is we're going to uh, change the draft and make it so that it is. 18 years of age, uh, players are eligible. So that is something we are going to approve. Uh, but nothing else is going to get approved so far. Here we go, jumping into the draft lottery. And we are, looks like we have the best odds at getting the eight, the eight pick. Uh, so we'll simulate through that. And did we move up? No, we dropped. Wow. So we had the eight pick. We dropped two spots, which means two teams that were pretty far back actually made a pretty significant jump. Uh, but as, that went about as bad as it could have. Uh, let's just say that. Um, let's take a look at the uh, staff sign. The one thing we are going to do consistently is we are going to edit our training staff just to make sure we do get the maximum amount of training camps. So if you're, for one thing that you need to know, if your training staff, your trainer is not an A+, you will not get uh, the maximum amount of training camps. And I think that sets you back uh, pretty significantly. So that is one thing we have started to uh, uh, adjust, um, as well as your head scout. Because for some reason, like we had, a, we had an A-plus head scout. For no reason whatsoever, he dropped uh, into a B-plus, which makes no sense. And that's one of those things where if you're going to do this, you might as well do it right. So we do change that. The rest of it is all up to chance. So your head coach, your assistant, your assistant uh, GM, as well as your CFO. And an assistant GM, by the way, that might be one where we would adjust as well, just because I think there's some really good C, uh, really good uh, GMs out there, and the game doesn't account for that. So there you go there. And now we are at the uh, NBA draft. This is, the again, the 2020 offseason. So this is very early on in this 80-year challenge. Draft time. Let's take a look at who is available where we end up picking. So this would be uh, the 10 spot is where we actually ended up falling to. And it looks like the best available player would be Josh Green. Another really interesting piece would be LaMelo Ball. 
Uh, LaMelo Ball gets very good in this game. Uh, some of the other options, uh, RJ Hampton, James Wiseman, Killian Hayes, uh, a number of pretty good options. Let's take a look at the squad and see who's actually under contract and uh, who makes some sense to maybe you know add to. A guy like Josh Green can make some sense just because I don't think we're totally set at that shooting guard spot. Also, at the small forward position, I don't think we're so totally set. Ultimately, the player you would have loved to see drop to this spot would have been Denny of Dia. I'm just looking to see if there's any chance he did fall. I don't think, I don't think we normally see him drop this far. Uh, another player that could make some sense would be a player like Isaac Okoro, uh, who's a, a very, very solid player. Let's take a look at the actual players that have been drafted already, and that'll give us an idea of who went and where they went. So Denny of Dia went to the Bucks for five. What's it going to take, do we think, to get Denny of Dia on this squad? Because I think it's going to be pretty important for, I mean, for the 80-year challenge to get the guy that arguably is the best player in this draft, depending on uh, who you talk to. And, and as someone that follows the draft pretty closely, I'll tell you, he's definitely my favorite player in the draft as of this moment. Uh, so let's jump over onto that Bucks team, and let's take a look and see what it's going to take uh, to, f- to be able to pry Denny of Dia from them. I just think he's a guy we can really, really build around. All right, so Denny of Dia block him in and let's take a look so picks we have the 10th and then we also have the eighth pick in the second would that do it would they say yeah oh and that did it okay that was all it took so they were willing to trade him for that pretty pretty reasonable if you ask me and uh that's all we're, that's all she wrote i guess we're not going to have any more picks in this draft uh but pretty impressive that uh we were able to do that again they're only sliding six spots so i could see where an early second round pick could be of some pretty good value to them all right, so rookie signing, obviously, we will sign Denny of Dia, and then we jump into the options. Now, Josh Akogi and Bol Bol are both players that do have options available to them, team options, thankfully, and we will keep both of them, two of our better players. Jumping into qualifying offers, Malik Beasley and DeAnthony Melton, I think are both players you'd like to hold on to if you could at the right price, so you will go that route. Uh, we're going to jump ahead, I think, uh, through the moratorium and free agency. We'll come back at you at uh, the start of the season, I think. Well, let's take a look. Let's just see what free agency brings us. So if we go into, we have 12 players currently that are actually under contract. Uh, do we have any guys that are whose bird rights? So Malik Beasley is a free agent, and we do have his bird rights. I'm a really big Malik Beasley fan, and so if we can hold on to him, I think that makes a lot of sense. He's only expected to get around $12 million. It's not too bad, and uh, he's a very, very solid player. So I think if we can grab him, at that price point, I think it's probably worth it. Uh, so we'll take a look and see if he is willing to agree to that uh, deal. And it looks like uh, we could probably get him for right around uh, $55 million, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, looking at the rest of the squad, Raul Neto, is that a guy we want to hold on to? Probably not, but uh, he's a pretty good veteran. If you had him as your third point guard, I think I think that'd be pretty good. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is you always want to make sure one of the first things you do is grab good quality two-way prospects. Uh, they can make a huge difference in this game long term. So looking at uh, potential-wise, one of the best players available would be Travis Glover and then Dale Roy are two of the best uh, available two-way prospects. So we will grab both of them. And I think that's a, a pretty good place to start as far as the offseason is concerned because that's young talent that uh, can end up being uh, pretty important in terms of long-term success. And the way that you do that, for anyone that isn't, ava- uh, isn't aware, all you do is first sort by age, then you sort by the expected amount of money, and that gives you the players that are willing to take two-way contracts. So keep that in mind anytime you are playing any sort of a long-term season. 
whether it's the 80-year challenge, whether it's any sort of challenge within 2K that involves my league, uh, that's just kind of a, a cool little trick or tip uh, that, can, that can really make your team pretty good long-term. Uh, the other thing we've noticed is if you sign players during the moratorium, or re-sign players, I should say, a lot of times there's some sort of a glitch in the game where in the end they only sign one-year deals. Uh, so we do want to avoid that as well, which is why we're going to hold off. We wait till we get to the actual free agency, and that's when we're going to re-sign Malik Beasley. Uh, so four years, looks like $56 million is the deal, and he is, does agree to that. So that puts you right there at 13 players. Now, if you can just re-sign the last two guys on your squad, so Raul Neto and D'Anthony Melton are the last two guys that you want to look at. Uh, D'Anthony Melton, a lot of it depends on what he actually thinks he's going to be worth. Raul Neto's a veteran. He's not going to make a lot of money. You don't need to worry too much about him. In fact, if we go down the list... Maybe there's even another guy that makes more sense that's uh, willing to take less money. It looks like a lot of the point guards that are available are looking for a, a pretty good or at least pretty sizable contract, and that's not something we're looking at. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for what we're building. Why do we want to go that route? Uh, Kadeem Allen is an interesting fit. He is a good three-point shooter, pretty good perimeter defender, and a decent playmaker, not making a lot of money, uh, a little younger than Raul Neto as well. So maybe we can get him on like a two-year minimum contract. That would be one way to go. And then, of course, we talked about D'Anthony Melton. Is he in our price range? I think that's the tough part. We don't know if he's going to be a little too expensive. He's looking for around about $9 million a year, which isn't too bad. And we do he would be a restricted free agent. So if we can sign him, I think it's probably worth it. And then we can move on from Raul Neto. So, so far, we've gone about three or four days. Neither of those players, oh, there we go. Both of them have agreed to sign. We then renounce the rights to Raul Neto, and that puts us at 15 players. We'll simulate through the rest of the offseason and come back at you. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But That channel, and this is your source for all things basketball. All right, so here we are at the start of the second season of the 80-year challenge. Taking a look quick at the roster, and then we will jump ahead to the trade deadline. All right, so we have, starting at point guard, Trey Young. We have Tyus Jones, and then we have Kadeem Allen. Uh, Travis Glover and Dale Roy are both point guard shooting guards, and they are two-way prospects. Shooting guards, you have Dylan Brooks, Malik Beasley, DeAnthony Melton, and Jonathan Simmons. Small forwards, we have Denny Abdia, Josh Okogie, and Zanin Musa. Power forwards, Lowry Markkinen and James Johnson. And then centers, Boban Marjanovic, Mitchell Robinson, and Bol Bol. So a pretty good-looking uh, group to start that 80-year challenge with. A nice core, something to build around, and I think that could end up being a, a pretty solid contender down the road. So we'll see, and we will come back at you at the trade deadline and go from there. So as we are getting close to the trade deadline, I think uh, one thing to point out and uh, something to keep in mind is that individual player statistics don't really matter in this. Uh, all you're going for in the 80-year challenge is just championships. That's really it. I mean, you could have, let's say, you had a guy that made it to 20 All-Star games. Doesn't matter. Uh, all you're really going for is championships. Although, uh, the side note to it would be uh, you're going for uh, best record as well. Uh, so I think, that, you know, the best I think I've ever done was maybe 79-3 and three, uh, in a season. I, I feel like something close to that. Um, but that's that's part of it too, I guess I would say. But other than that, I mean, really, you're just you're going for championships in your entire uh, career or in the entire, I guess, uh, history of the franchise you choose. It's all about championships. That's the bottom line. So right now we are sitting at uh, we're looking pretty good. We are 33 and 16, uh, just right around the trade deadline. We've had a, a number of trades offered to us, but for the most part, it's been pretty crap. Uh, not a lot of good options available to us. 
I mean, I mean, it just kind of is what it is at this point. Um, do today is the trade deadline. We are going to stop here and just see if there's any moves that we really want to make. Uh, so let's take a look and see if anyone uh, jumps off the page in terms of our team and ways to make it better. The the only caveat is when you're having a really good season. I mean, 34 and 16 is really good. Uh, when you're having a really solid season, sometimes it just pays to kind of keep the status quo. Uh, and in many cases, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. And so we'll see if that's what we end up doing. An interesting decision by Ryan, uh, or sorry, I guess I don't know the name of our coach uh, offhand, but, uh, oh, no, we have Matthew Stauffer. That's right. Uh, he actually sent uh, Zan and Musa down to the G League, and apparently that really pissed him off. Uh, luckily, we've kind of turned off the uh, the effects that the morale has uh, when we're doing this simulation. And I think given how well we're playing, we're just going to keep it going, although we will take a look at contract extensions just to see if anyone would. Uh, looks like James Johnson's the only guy that would really uh, choose to to sign long term, and I do think it's worth it to get sign him to a a little bit of a contract extension just because uh, he's a pretty solid player. And if you're able to get a little more out of him, I mean, why not? Same with uh, Bobar Marjanovic. I like his uh, depth, what he can kind of add to your squad. I think it's pretty important. And uh, the only other guy that would possibly be able to be signed would be, looks like Zana Musa. It just says won't re-sign, so he's pretty pissed off uh, at the moment. So that's it. Let's jump ahead now to the end of the season and kind of go from there. Uh, hopefully we can finish off strong. Obviously, uh, we've got a number of weeks left uh, sitting at 34 and 16 right now, and, and we'll see what happens. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and this is 2K20, and we are doing the 80-year challenge. Can you do the 80-year challenge as well? Make sure you stay tuned and uh, see how we can do in the second year of the challenge. All right, so the season is over. We finished at 49 and 33, a really, really terrible end to the season. Uh, no injuries, yet we could, we could barely win any games the last month. Uh, we should have easily been, uh, you know, in the 50s for wins, but it uh, just wasn't meant to be. Luka Doncic, by the way, is your MVP. You have Rookie of the Year Cole Anthony. Sixth Man of the Year is Jabari Parker. Defensive Player of the Year is Kawhi Leonard. Most Improved is John ja Morant. Steve Clifford is your Coach of the Year. Uh, let's take a look at the All-NBA. We have, let's see, first team, second team. Wow, so nobody makes it. I was really hoping for uh, a Trey Young sighting, but nothing there. Uh, same with the, uh, nope, uh, no defensive guys. It looks like we do have one player on the All-Rookie team, though. We have Denny of Dia, no shock, does make it for the Las Vegas Venom. We finish as the four seed. I don't love our chances here. We just have not been playing good basketball. We are down 1-0. 1-1, we tie it back up as we go to Golden State. 2-1, we are up. 3-1, we are up. Can we keep it going? And boom, we move on. We're actually one of the first teams to move on. Uh, four games to one over the Golden State Warriors. So we have the four seed taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Here we go, round number two. And Dallas, by the way, is the number one overall seed. 1-1, we've tied it up. 2-1, we are up. 2-2. Two, two. What's going to happen? 3-2, we're down. Ooh, 3-3, and oh, we are eliminated. We get eliminated in game number seven. Pretty good start, though. Uh, very good play from Trey Young and Lowry Markkinen. Denny Dia continues to shine, as he always does. And Mitchell Robinson, uh, very, very solid play. I mean, a lot of good effort, and uh, I think this is a team that probably— I didn't expect it to go to the championship or the Western Conference Finals this year, uh, but all things considered, I think uh, it went pretty well. So definitely uh, a pretty uh, good showing as far as I'm concerned. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but that's where we're going to end the show this week. 
Uh, I think because we've we've kind of focused a lot on, on some stuff, especially during this time where there's not as much going on, uh, whether that's uh, 2K20, NBA, the 2K League. There's just not as much going on, and so we always want to uh, do what we can uh, to give you something to at least uh, keep your mind at ease and give you something, uh, some sort of an entertainment value uh, when we can. And so that's what we do here, and we'll come back again later at this 80-year challenge. That's going to do it for... Uh, this week's show. Make sure that you like and subscribe to us on all podcast forms. Obviously, iTunes, Stitcher, Podient, Spotify. We're on all of those places. Anywhere great podcasts are found, you will find our show. And until next week, keep it 2000.